Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. We are part of the Christian Podcast Community. You can check out this and many other great podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.org. My name is Daryl, and the Word of God says from 1 Peter 3, verse 15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now, that is a great verse. That is a great verse that we all look to for what we call apologetics. That is defending our faith. A defense, apologia, is to make a defense, a defense of the faith. For us, it's the defense of the Christian faith because that is what is true. So I'm recording this podcast, and this is a very special edition of the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast. You will get to look inside of a project that I'm doing for school for my Apologetics 101 class intro to apologetics And I am grateful that we had the option to not just write a paper, but to actually do a project that's outside of just the normal writing of a paper. And one of the options was to do a podcast. And hey, I have a podcast, even though I haven't put anything out in probably a few months, aside from a few sermons that I've preached here and there. But what I did was I interviewed two of my unbelieving friends. One one friend I've known for a long time, that'll be the second interview that you hear with my friend Shale who was a student of mine, and the other is a person that I met on Facebook through a friend that I've had for a while, um, the husband of um, a girl our family knows who we used to go to church with at a different church a few years back. But they were, they're both kind of, they're both unbelievers, and uh, they both have very different worldviews from each other, but also from us as Christians. One, one is a very skeptical person who, who claims to, he re- rejects the Bible because it's written by men. You know, we've heard this all the time. I actually used to say that before as a Christian too. And he believes in science. And the other is um, more of an agnostic. He, he grew up more in a like nominal Hindu home where they, they celebrated like the major holidays, but not really following Hinduism. And I told him that that reminded me of when, um, you know, there's, there's people who are, uh, Christians who only you know go to church on Christmas and Easter, the Christers. So it reminded me of that. But you'll hear uh, very different worldviews that they have from each other. But what I wanted to point out, and, and again, this class is you know uh, apologetics. The Reformed apologetic is uh, some of you might know it as presuppositional, but also it's called uh, covenantal apologetics, where we are all in, in a covenant relationship with God, the unbeliever, the believer. Um, and we all are made in God's image, and we are all designed to worship and glorify God. But the unbeliever doesn't. They suppress that truth, as Romans 1 says. They suppress that truth in their unrighteousness, in their sin. And that was me, you know, before I was a believer. I was holding that truth down. Yet yet the unbeliever still will claim things. And you'll hear in these conversations that they, one common thing that they, they had in their view was that we should be good. We should be good people. So I pushed them on that, on on what is a good person? Like, what standard are you good? You know, and, and even them saying we should be good shows the image of God. I was trying to expose that. But the most important thing I was trying to do was to expose, um, again, that they're sinners, but that they need Christ. They need Christ. So I was trying to share the gospel as much as possible. So there's there's things here and there that I could have said, avenues that, that I could have went down from things that they said, that I didn't, but I'm hoping again to keep the dialogue going with these men. With you know, keep sharing the gospel, keep the conversation going, and I believe they're both open to that. You'll, you'll. I hope you enjoy this. I hope you learn from this. You know, what I wanted to do again was point them to the foundation, point them to Christ, 
allow them to hear the gospel that they need Christ and and what I believe and that what we believe as Christians and we can't know anything else apart from God. So, um, you know, there was opportunities missed here and there, you know, with, with the first person, Justin, who, you know, again, claimed science and I was trying to expose him, well, you can't do science in a world that's not uniform in nature, that doesn't have God governing this world. Um, and But there's, you know, things I missed here and there. But again, pointing both of these men to the gospel. And with Shale, again, he was a great person to also talk to. He's a little more open to to the possibility of Christianity, even though we know it's not a possible thing. It is the true thing. But with, with him, I also enjoy talking to him because he had said very good things, but there's no foundation of Christ there. So there, there, at the end of the day, there's no reason, again, for either of these men to say, we should be good, there's a standard of good. Okay, but what is your standard? Our standard, and we all know this, is God. We can't compare each other to each other. In, in what's good, what's morally good. We need a higher standard. So I pointed these both these men to Christ. So I, I hope, for one thing, I hope that both these men continue to think about these things that I'm challenging them on, because I was challenging on, on them as well. And I've come to believe, and I pray that they come to believe. And, you know, the, the Reformed Apologetic, the point of it is, as Cornelius Van Til says in his book, Christian Apologetics, he says, we must present facts what for what they really are and then challenge the natural man by arguing that unless they are accepted for what they are according to the Christian interpretation of them, no facts mean anything at all. So that, that in, in my one of my goals in having these conversations were to point both these men that you believe these things, but apart from Christ, the foundation of the word of God, you have no reason to believe these things but it is that suppression of the truth in our unrighteousness that allows us to be inconsistent but we need to be consistent in a worldview and have a solid reason and foundation why we believe what we believe and that that reason is christ it is jesus we we must turn to christ and live so if you haven't done that if you're listening to this podcast if a friend shared it with you because it's a conversation with an unbeliever and you're an unbeliever I pray that you turn to Christ and live, that you listen to these conversations and see the inconsistency of the unbelieving worldview and the consistency behind the God who made the world and who you know. And you put your trust in Christ. You turn from your sin and trust in Christ alone for salvation. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy these conversations. And here, the first up is Justin, and then you will hear from Shale. All right, so I'm here with my Facebook friend Justin, meeting him for the first time. Talked to him a few times on um, on the Facebook. Commented on a few of his posts. Um, he posts a lot about food and vegan food. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. Um, but for uh, I'm in seminary, as many of you listeners know, and I'm in an apologetics class, Intro to Apologetics, and we had to do a project, and we had we were able to choose what we wanted to do. We didn't just have to write a paper, which I'm glad because I didn't really want to write a paper because I'm sure I'll have enough papers to write in other classes. But one of the options was to do a podcast. And since I already had a podcast, I was like, okay, let's do a podcast. And I wanted to interview somebody who doesn't share the same worldview that I have as a Christian and just kind of 
get into their head and see what uh what they believe and and why they believe it because i think it's important it, it, for us especially uh in this world to to show you know as as a christian to show the world that we can get along with people who don't believe what we believe but also share with them if there's any like false beliefs about christians because there's a lot of media about christians and and what we believe and so it's good to have graceful conversations that matter because in the end of the day what we believe does matter if if as a christian if i believe what i believe will either have we will have eternal life or we will uh, be in hell that's important to warn others and to at least express why we believe what we believe so with that said here is my friend justin justin just say hi to the people hi everyone <laughs> uh so so justin i saw what, what prompted me to um want to discuss this about you is because I, I posted something uh it said what did it say oh i think it said something like because because a lot of agnostics and i have other friends that say we can't know if god exists no one can know that god exists and that question always makes me think that okay well if if somebody is positing that we can't know if, like the as a whole as like no one can know da 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 then that person is saying, and I'm not saying that you said this because I don't know. I just know that you were tagged in, in when mm-hmm. I when I posted this. Um, that um, so no no one can know if God exists. Then that would mean that that person that's saying that is assuming they know what everybody knows, which would then put them in the position of omniscience of of knowing of knowing everything, which I don't think that's the case of what when people make that claim. They don't they don't think of, of it that way, but but if we logically think of it, that's kind of what is being posited. But maybe we'll get into that later. But that's what prompted me to say, "Hey, I, you know, I'm going to have a discussion with this with this nice young man who's who's a lot younger than me. Not not as young as <laughs> I got a lot like eight years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Not not as much as I assumed because like more people, more the more and more people I meet nowadays are younger than me, and I'm like, wow, I'm that guy now. I'm the guy yeah, I used to like yeah. always say, why, well, you know, I was. Not, you're 19 whatever like wow like i was born i'm 10 years younger than you <laughs> and now everybody's yeah. say the 10 years younger yeah. than me but but anyway so so basically i guess i guess the the question i'll start with is what what are your your thoughts not to quote that weird dishwala song but what are your thoughts on god like what what where are you what, what spiritual beliefs do you do you hold to if any so i'm a very scientific uh, driven uh i think science tells us everything we need to know mm. i don't like believe in breaking the laws of physics mm. um so you know and even like our own thoughts and things like that are man-made like <clears throat> no one can think for i mean they can manipulate you and things like that but yeah, and in the brief discussion we had uh, on uh, through in the Facebook Messenger, you said you're someone that hopes there is a God and something after death, uh, but realistically, I doubt there's anything. Um, so l- let's hit that a little bit. So, so you you hope there is a God. What makes you hope that there is a God? Uh, so, to me, eternity sounds really boring to be dead hmm. for, forever 
Mm-hmm. So that sounds, you know, horrible. I mean, yeah, it's it's easier to accept uh, since you don't feel it or know it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, eternity is a long time. So I would like to live as long as possible. Right. So here, I'll I'll um, expose a little bit of where I'm coming from, from from the the scriptures. So I'll I'll give you a little background. I wasn't always a believer. So I've only been a Christian for 10 years. Before that, I, I was raised Roman Catholic, so there was some kind of spiritual background, and then I kind of went very pagan for a while. And then, you know, like most people that do that, something traumatic happens in your life, someone shares the gospel with you, and boom, you, you totally believe what you didn't believe before. So I was the skeptic. I was I was kind of like anti-Christianity for a while, not necessarily anti, but I was the guy that was like, Oh, well, I don't want to hear that. You know, uh, I'm spiritual, but I don't want to be religious. So that used to be my thing, but then something happened. I heard the gospel and I believe it now and I can't unbelieve it. But so, so when, when I hear, you know, that you hope there's an eternity, I would say that the reason I believe that, that you would, you would want that and that others would, who reject the Bible and Christianity would also share that sentiment because the Bible actually says God has placed eternity in our hearts. That's everyone. So the believer, the unbeliever, we have that eternity in our hearts because we're made in the image of God. So the believer and the unbeliever, all humans are made in the image of God, meaning that he has made us, he has placed eternity in our hearts. So we long for that eternity. So even when we reject what, what, God has said that he exists we still know that he exists but we we turn from him because because of sin I'm sure you've heard some of this before yeah. uh, be, because we love our sin and that was me before I came to Christ I, I didn't want to hear it but but I still knew there was something and but it's because of that because I'm made in the image of God I couldn't suppress that unrighteousness anymore the, suppress the truth sorry in my unrighteousness so and that's what what the gospel and the holy spirit does is it brings us to faith in Christ but we know and we want there to be eternity because he has he has placed that in our hearts so that's why i would i would what i would say is is why you have that that little inkling because um you know the bible also says the heavens declare the glory of the lord like we can look at creation and you mentioned science before the only way we can do science is if we live in a world that is uniform in nature. We, 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 you know, we have to have laws of logic, laws of nature, in order to do scientific things. In a world that's just chaos that came from nowhere, we wouldn't be able to do that. So I don't know if you want to comment on anything I, I said. Or... Um, sorry, my daughter's here. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> No, it's just uh, like us being the image of God, like mm-hmm. that was written down by a human, like those words and those thoughts were created by a person. What, I don't want to go too deep in, into that. I want to, but uh, I'll just ask this. Why do you say that it was written down by a person? Which it was. I'll, I'll, I'll clear that up first, my, my perspective on that. Um, so, yes, the Bible is written by men. But it is breathed out by God, so God used these men to almost like his pen to to write 
what he wants to say to us. So he's revealing, he's giving his revelation through men to us, which, which I used to say too, like, oh, that book's just written by men. You know, it's, it's made to wield power. But if you actually read it and sit down and read it, there's no way it could be manip- it will it could be like hidden and manipulated to wield power. But in and of itself, when you read this, it gives you freedom. Um, but it it would so it, so it is written by men, and I don't have a, a problem with that. But it, it it claims it's inspired by God. It's breathed out by God. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with like the moral teachings and things, you know. Um. But like the spiritual way and like, you know, another dimension or whatever, Mm -hmm. like that's the stuff that, you know, can't be scientifically proven. So it's like, like God entering our bodies or heaven being existing somewhere outside of this entire, you know, how big the universe is. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and these these places to exist and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. The, well, the Bible claims that uh, Jesus, and we'll we'll talk about him because he's the the crux of this all. It's what the whole scripture points to is 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 the second person of the Trinity, God, becoming a man, taking on flesh, living a perfect righteous life, dying on the cross, the death that I deserve, buried, risen from the dead, ascended into heaven. And, and all that, so I can be forgiven. So if you trust in that as well, you you can be forgiven. So the Bible is all pointing to that event in history. And and I don't want to get evidential too much, but there's enough evidence in, within the text that prove that that happened, that Jesus actually rose from the dead. And there's been people that have investigated, even like people that have been trained investigators, like um, crime scene investigations, They've like went through the scriptures and eyewitness testimony that's written in here, and they they affirm like this. There's enough eyewitness evidence to prove that that it happened. But at the end of the day, it is the Holy Spirit that that needs to convict us because we can still reject it. We can be told the truth as many times as possible, but the problem is we don't want to hear it. We, we until our eyes are open, we want to still say, okay, there's good moral teachings, but um. You know, this didn't really happen, but there's yeah, enough. I believe that... he lived. I believed he lived. Mm-hmm. I be- like, but the miracles I believe are exaggerations. Um, maybe, maybe he was a very good con artist, and <laughs> you know, and he was alive somehow. I have no idea, but um... yeah. he'd have to be really good for for all of the apostles to be willing to also be martyred for right. for their faith because they all believe they saw the resurrected Christ. So, I mean, he's either who he says he is or he was a lunatic or a liar. But <laughs> um that's not my argument that CS Lewis actually actually said that. Um but let's let's go to one other topic real fast. So on uh in our in our conversation Something about being good people, that, that you believe we are to be good people. So, and I think I was starting to ask you, what is your standard of good? So, when, when you say we're here to be good people, what, what do you mean by that? Um, so, 
we can like we understand suffering especially when we see it mm -hmm. so you know not everyone has to be the same so not everyone has to value life but that's something i started doing and mm -hmm. understanding right because something i do know is that somehow we are all alive in this universe how do you know that unless unless it's a fake you know it's a fake universe and we die and you know we go back to where we came from type of thing mm -hmm. but um you know which could be a possibility but you know science can't i, I think what could happen is our atoms will like you know um decompose like i would like to be buried in the soil and become worm poop or become a tree or something hmm. with my body and hopefully my atoms that were once me are now part of something else that's living but um sorry i forget what the question was uh, uh well oh, the, the original good. yeah so I mean, we just should be good because we value life. And, you know, it's once you die, that's the end. Well, then why should we value life? It's the one thing that we know we have. And that's about, I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. So, so yeah, when, when I, I think of why, of course, you know, it's going to be, because well, I believe the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So that's why we're all on this earth is to do that. And then we didn't do that because in, in the garden, Adam fell. He sinned against God. And now we all continue to sin against him. But there's restoration now through Christ. Um, so at the end of the day, there is a, a true reason because we need to glorify God. So for the person that, that doesn't have that, that worldview that says, you know, we should be good. And then when I ask why, what I'm trying to get at is, is if we're just going to be worm food at the end of the day, why not, you know, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die? Why not? Why should we love our neighbor instead of like eat our neighbor? You know, like the, what's what's the where's the moral ought like we ought to do this and not that because our, our nature would be to to destroy and we do see that with people there's civilizations that do eat their neighbor there's civilizations where there's war and you know uh, holocausts and things like that but but we see that and we say no that's not right because we know that those people are made in the image of god as well and we want to you know make sure that doesn't happen so so there's a consistency with, with the christian worldview but the person that doesn't have that I, I don't I don't see a consistency there. So why, you know, so and then what's the standard for good? What, what What's the standard for moral good? Is it, oh, I didn't kill anybody. Or is it God's standard where where Jesus says, if you think of a person with hatred in your heart, you've basically murdered them. You know, it's like, oh, I've never committed adultery. But Jesus says, if you lusted after a person, then you've basically committed adultery. So whose standard do we go by? Like, you know, because I used to do that too. Well, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not as good as Mother Teresa, but I'm not Hitler. You know, so where's where do you find the standard? 
Uh, so I like do unto others as you would want to done to yourself. Yeah. So the golden rule. Yeah. The, what I always find interesting about the golden rule is it starts in Mark, Mark 12. The, the, they ask Jesus, you know, what's, what's the, the, what, how, where's it at? I gotta find it. I should be better and have it memorized. <laughs> Mark 12. Mark twelve twenty eight, and one of the scribes came up to him and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important? And Jesus said, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So what Jesus is doing there, he's summarizing the Ten Commandments because the first four ten of the Ten Commandments is how we should love God. And then the rest, the other six, is how to outwardly love our neighbor. So he's kind of giving that summary. Uh, but most people say, yeah, we should do unto others. We should you know, love our neighbors ourselves. But they always leave out that first part. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because we, we, we can't do the, the last table of the law, the, the outward part, unto others, if we're not doing the first. So that's again, that's that's the great standard is is that Ten Commandments, and we don't live up to that. Not even me as a Christian, I don't like. I want to love my neighbor, but I still don't perfectly love my neighbor. Like I want to perfectly love my wife, but I don't. But I want to, right? And I'm sure you do too. But I'm still accountable. But in Christ. I'm forgiven because Christ perfectly loved. He perfectly loved everyone. He still does. But he lived that life for me. So now I trust in him. And now, now I'm forgiven. Now I have eternal life with him. So there is eternal life. Um, so, yeah, so that's my my standard is not mine. It's God's standard. <laughs> so so that, that's where, where I find like. Like the the person that doesn't have that foundation will 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 take from the Christian worldview. So you, so you'll take oh I like this one and you know and and the majority of people that I run into I've never ran into anybody that doesn't believe that says yeah we should do whatever we want because because they're made in the image of God like but if they were consistent with what they believed that we hey I'm just gonna be worm food one day then I can do whatever I want like I'm just gonna be worm food one day this is just here there's nothing you know. And I, I, I love that you have this love for animals. It's great, but at the end of the day, if we're just going to be worm food anyway, why not eat animals? Like, it just, it just isn't consistent. And you might say I'm inconsistent because I do eat meat, but maybe I need to think about that more. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you make one me. Because mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> the animals, I think, are really important. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, I do look at animals now. I, I ate meat for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, the animals are mammals like we are. So they have the same feelings, sort of, on an animal level. But they, they have brains and hearts and muscles and arms and legs, just like we do. They have children that they care about. And if you were to watch factory farming and be like, God is okay with this, Jesus is okay with this, Mm -hmm. I think 
they would definitely not be okay with factory farm. Um, it's just grotesque. It's like now that we have the internet and that we can see what's happening and what's going on. Because people will say we haven't eaten animals or we eat animals for 10,000 years. So what's the big deal? Right. Well, now that we can see what's going on, mm -hmm. it is a big deal because we're actually slaughtering 80 billion animals every single year. That's more than the 10 times the human population. And it's destroying the earth, this earth that God created. And here comes the fire of global warming. <laughs> so, um, so like that saying, like, thou shall not kill. Mm -hmm. I think that includes animals. I've been told that animals don't have a soul. I've been told things like that. Mm -hmm. But you can see an animal's emotions, whether they're hungry or happy or, or whatever. Well, I actually think animals will be in the new heavens and the new earth. So I might go against the, the usual grain of... Uh... And I hope my professor doesn't dock me for for this, but uh, but I, you know, I I I think everything's going to be restored in the new heavens and new earth. What's interesting, and and you you brought up uh, Genesis uh, one, was it twenty twenty nine twenty nine, where he gives us God gave us every plant to eat. Yeah, it right. wasn't until after the flood that animals, I believe, were able to be eaten, and it was for sacrifice. So it was for atonement, and again, this points to Christ. So Christ is the perfect lamb, the lamb of God. Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist said when he saw him coming. And so, so all the animal sacrifices in the Old Testament pointed to Christ, the, the spotless lamb. But as, as far, and I have to study this more. So I hope I'm not quoted on this, but the only time they ate meat was, was for sacrificial situations. So it wasn't like they were, so they weren't definitely having slaughter mills like they do mm. nowadays. Uh, so that's something interesting, little side note there. Um, yeah. Can I actually comment on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I like the Seventh Advent kind of philosophy, mm -hmm. um, but I heard it from a Dr. Milton Mills. Um, but he was saying that sacrifices, think of a sacrifice and how heavy a sacrifice should be on your heart. Like if you mm -hmm. were to sacrifice your child or something, mm -hmm. you know, that's a big deal. Right. So when you make a sacrifice, that should be a big deal and not a party, not like a celebration. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I, I haven't read about every single sacrifice in the Bible, but I think a sacrifice might be more of a big deal than what we may have thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And even, even the, the Passover was to remind them of, of God saving them out of, Egypt and Egypt represents sin and God choosing a people to save out of Egypt. So that's why there was a, a sacrifice and the, and the, the blood over the doorpost to, to mark uh, where the angel of death was not to go. And then when they remember this, when they have the Passover, it's, it is a feast of celebration that we are saved, but it's also to remember our sin. And that's what the sacrifice is really pointed to how sinful we are. And that, that Jesus had to die for our sin because of how sinful we are. We're, we're almost out of time. Um, 
Yeah. So basically, what what I wanted to start the discussion, and I hope we continue this. It doesn't have to be recorded, but so I'm not just using you for my project. So just like, (laughs) but uh, but these are things again. I I think they're important to discuss, and where people are afraid to discuss. You know, they can't discuss religion and politics. Well, as Christians, I think we should definitely discuss religion because if we believe, if I believe what I believe that if, 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 if you haven't put your trust in Christ, that, that there is an eternal hell, I don't want you to go there. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in your life that don't want that either. So this isn't the first time I'm sure you're, you're hearing the gospel, mm-hmm. but I just won't want to take it on that level of, okay, why do I believe what I believe? Why do I want to preserve animal life? Why do I want to be a good person? Like, what is the ultimate reason? If, if there's nothing at the end, then why do it? And, and again, I'm not saying to do it because, so I'm not being a good person. Cause again, I told you I'm not, uh, to earn heaven. That's not why, but what I'm getting at is we have that image in us that knows right and wrong. Like we, we know it, we don't always do it, but we know it. Um, so the reason th- what I'm getting at is, is why do we have that in us? Why is there a revelation that, you know, we look around this world and we see science and we want to investigate things is because God has given us that to be able to investigate things. He's given us a world where we can investigate him through his revelation, through the heavens, you know, what we look up in the sky, but also we, we have, we know morality and not, we're not good because of, uh, again, to earn heaven, but we know there's right and wrong because God right. has shown it to us. And, and again, and we know when things are evil because God, we, we have, we know that standard. Um, Can I uh, jump in? Yeah, sure. So I think it's, you know, we, we have emotions, we feel emotions. Like why do we cry and why do we, mm-hmm. why do we care for our children? Why do we, mm-hmm. But I think it's something that mammals do. You know, there's obviously like the praying mantis and other creatures that do bizarre things. But I mean, animals try to survive. That's their goal and pro- and just procreate. Like they have instincts to survive. But we have, we have emotion. I mean, they have emotion as well. They can't like speak about it. Um, they can show it, but yeah, we have emotion and we, uh, we care so when we see suffering we don't enjoy that because mm-hmm. we know what suffering feels like not all of us but the question is why like why would we care if if we're just going to nowhere if there isn't any a, a reason a creator that we see like in right. creation you know so that's so that's my I think like we're supposed to be the guardians of the earth since we have this intelligence so we should protect animals because we have this intelligence. We should try to mm-hmm. rejuvenate the earth because we have this intelligence and these emotions. Yeah, and and I would say, and we can think about this for next time we meet or continue it on uh, Facebook because we're up against the three-minute marker here because okay. I'm cheap and didn't pay for <laughs> Zoom, uh, which is weird because like all last year, when I was recording podcasts, it never came up with this timer. I don't know if they were doing like a free offer like during COVID, or during COVID. Yeah. And then it, all of a sudden it's gone. So I might have to ante up, but, uh, um, but yeah, so I, I believe we are to steward the earth, right? God, God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So we have dominion over it, but that's a mandate from God. So you said, we're oh, here. that's a big one. Dominion. Yeah. So God has dominion over us, right? 
Yeah. So God, well, God has given us the dominion mandate to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So God has told us to do that. So that's in Genesis as well. So, so it's interesting that you said, uh, we're the guardians of this earth, which I would, I would say in a sense we are, but that, that comes from the person who gave us that guardianship. But, but anyway, uh, so we get on two minutes. I want to thank you so much for indulging me in this. Um, and again, I, I want to continue this. It's great. I'd love to meet you in person since you're only like right across the bridge here in the, the yeah, state away. We, we uh, go to the bridge on Sundays. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we know a lot of same people like uh, Labella's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who else is there? There's a few other people there that I that I know. Uh, but yeah, that's a, it's good. It's, it's good. It's a good. Uh, that's what I like too is, is that you you still go and even if it's not something you believe you're still there. Yeah, and it, it, that's great because uh, you're under the hearing of of the word of God. So I'm also trying to give people because you know I think Christians are compassionate people. So I think mm. that's a great place for veganism to sprout up. I think that's where Christianity can spread by teaching this way of health and environment and peace. <laughs> I think that's a big that's the future, and hopefully, or or we die. <laughs> Well, in the new heavens and new earth, uh, maybe we won't we won't be uh, eating eating animals. But I, I hope you're there uh, with us. So uh, just you know, take some thoughts of what I've said tonight, and uh, again, we'll continue the conversation. And I'll I'll message you as soon as this thing turns off. And uh, so, thanks, Justin. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, there we go. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm here with a, another interview for this this project for apologetics this also if you're 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 listening on my podcast i'd like to welcome on my friend shale how you doing shale we're doing well we're doing well uh you know a quick five five second background here daryl mr updike as i call him (laughs) in in a a past age is my erstwhile music teacher uh particularly marching band but also a concert Mm -hmm. band and uh uh other avenues even jazz band um uh he's the one who you know uh convinced me to stick with it during a difficult time mm-hmm. when i was trying to you know assimilate and um you know become part of the whole uh marching band ethos and uh practice schedule and social setting and just like everything mm-hmm. it's 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 like a click you know in high school it's, it's very it's very it's very click based and uh, i didn't think i had the skills i didn't think i had the ability to mesh with everybody and then I, I i just walked out of a practice one time and uh daryl actually called me on, on on my phone uh personally and said dude you know what what are you doing you, you, i i see potential in you and mm-hmm. I, I i and i like you as a person come come back and give us another chance you know and uh the rest is history i've, I've been a marching band geek and uh <laughs> band geek of all kinds since and, and actually still play uh when i get free time today so that's our, our our connection, the <laughs> the foundation of it, and now mostly we uh, talk about baseball. But yeah. today we're here, of course, to, to talk about faith and yeah. spirituality. I'm looking that's, forward to that too. That's great, man. Yeah, I, I remember you were in the. It was like a percussion class that you started in. I don't know if it was your freshman year. I think it was my first year teaching at West, and that you yeah. were in a, in a class, and there was like I forget, like three other people or something. And yeah, it it was it was great and. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, connected since then. And like you said, we talk about baseball, mainly the Mets either celebrating 
people are crying. There's been a lot more, yeah, commiserating, a lot more commiserating than celebrating. But this year they gave us they gave us some good times. Hundred and one wins, baby. Yeah, my my usual uh, put it in the books, you know, from Howie, Howie Rose, Mm -hmm. the uh, the the radio voice of the Mets that I sent to you in a win. Or yeah. or if they lose, usually it's a UG that I send to you. <laughs> but a lot uh, fewer UGs than put in the books this year. Yeah, so. this year, this year until they they ran out of gas. But but I'm looking forward to to next season. But yeah, so for this project, yep. uh, like I was saying before, I want to just talk to a few people who aren't Christians and get their perspective on things. Because again, apologetics is defense of the faith. Why I believe what I believe, and part of that is sharing my faith. Because if I truly believe what i believe that that there is a heaven there is a hell and we go there by faith in jesus christ in christ alone if i don't share that with people if it's you know because i believe it's true then shame on me for not sharing that um but did did you grow up in any kind of like faith background like what what was your kind of upbringing you know not uh not so much a uh heavily faith based household i would say uh we observe certain um hindu um rituals holidays traditions you know some of the major ones um but not uh not at not at that deep level um not, and, and it wasn't like a consistent theme that was preached at home about you know the holy book of, of of Hinduism says this, and the Hindu god or gods, as the case may be, uh, say, say say to do that. It was it was definitely more of a secular upbringing, hmm. um, with a little bit of uh, religion sprinkled in, uh, like at certain like major holidays, like the, the ones that even you've heard of, like like Diwali, uh, and 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 other major holidays. Hmm. So we we we'd, we'd go to temples and do observances for like the really big. Uh, events throughout the year but it wasn't like a day-to-day uh theme that that, that was hammered um so much and so it, it was it was definitely more so secular than religious but I, I, was, I was never um you know taught that religion is bad or religion uh you know uh doesn't add any value or religion is a negative or, or anything like that it was it was we we grew up we grew up you know inculcated with a lot of respect and reverence for um, all all the religions we, we 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 were taught to believe that all of them bring something positive to the table and it, it gives people you know structure to their lives meaning to their lives um it gives people a view of the bigger picture so we, we were inculcated to, to believe all of that but it was never like a strict observance of any one particular one not even the one that i was ostensibly raised to be which is hinduist mm-hmm. so it was definitely more of like a uh, distant but very respectful view of religion as opposed to a very intimate uh, daily practicing of any particular religion. That's interesting because I think a lot of people, especially, you know, in this country, they, they grow up even, even there's Christians or people that grow up in a Christian background that would have a similar thing where they would not, you know, not go to church on Sunday, but they, you know, maybe on Christmas or Easter, like the major holidays, like that's okay. we, We can go now. And, uh, Sometimes you call them the Christers, the the Christmas Easter (laughs) churchgoers. So, so that's interesting uh, that, you know, some people that are probably brought up in other faiths have a similar thing where, you know, it's the major holidays will go, you know, more like a secular type thing. Um, So, so now what, what would you say your view is of like faith of, 
view do you have of God? Do you believe in a God or? Yeah, I I think ultimately, uh, Daryl, I, I think it's a question that's beyond human comprehension. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, as much as the science world likes to think that it has all the answers to everything or that it will one day possess the answers to everything, I think that this is beyond the world of science. Um, I, I, I'm not convinced that any, you know, uh, generation of humanity will ever you know, truly understand the origins of our entire universe and of all life forms and things of things of that nature. I just, I just think it's one of those questions that will forever um, beguile uh, uh, the, 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 the human mind and elude or evade human understanding. And I think that that's where, that's one of the places where, you know, faith is so important. It, it allows us to grapple with hmm. the unknown and with the unknowable uh, and, 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 and replace that mystery with faith with a belief that there is something greater that there's greater forces you know at play at work uh you know beyond our ability to to understand or uh, or to or to or to or to grapple with you know and faith teaches us that you know those th- th- those forces are 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 benevolent forces that you know um as as long as we live our lives in a, in a certain way and you know um, commit acts of, you know, goodness as opposed to acts of sin, you know, um, those, those, those benevolent forces that, or, or force that, that, that created all, all life, you know, is the same force that can give us a positive afterlife, uh, which is a, is a whole different question. The afterlife, I'm sure you'll ask about yeah. later, yeah. but you know, uh, yeah. So, so, so to answer your question in, 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 in brief form, you know, as far as, you know, do I believe that there's something greater? Yes. Um, there has to be because, you know, this, this whole idea of, of like a big bang, that some, some spark that, that started everything. Well, then what, 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 what started the spark? Mm-hmm. And then what, what, what started the thing that started the spark? You yeah. know, I think at some point there is something out there, you know, someone, something mm-hmm. that's so great um, that, you know, is, is the ultimate creator, if you will. Now, what physical manifestation or form that that takes? Mm-hmm. That's not a question that I, I I can even begin to like articulate the answer to. Right. But I, I believe that there has to be something because mm-hmm. it just doesn't click in my mind that oh yeah, everything that that you see all around us always existed. <laughs> no, th- th- there has to be some creator. Everything has an right. origination point. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, there, there's there's so many questions that you're sparking in my mind. Uh, that I'm, uh, I want to ask, and I'm not going to get to all of them, but I, I want to read you this because of that last thing you said uh, about there's so much around us that there has to be a creator, and actually the Bible speaks of that in, in many places. And, w- and one of my my favorite places in, is Romans one, uh, Romans one verse eighteen. It says, and and this is this is this is Paul Paul's writing to the church in Rome, uh, but you know I believe God's speaking through Paul here. So so God is saying to those those who reject a creator uh that exactly what you just said that creation screams that that god exists and they know it so this is what what uh, paul writes for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth so they're they're holding down this truth for what can be known about god is plain to them because god has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived 
ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. And and that again, that Greek word without excuse is, is apologia. So they are without a defense. So Paul's Paul's writing there. He's saying, hey, there's people that that say that that. And specifically, he's talking about the God of the Bible because people were, you know, in, in these times worshiping everything. You know, Paul goes to Athens and sees like all these these idols set up. And there's one that says to the unknown God. And actually, in, in the book of Acts, he explains exactly what he's kind of saying here. Like, you know, this unknown God. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's so exactly what you said is like there has to be a creator because creation screams there's there's a creator. You know, um, we look around. And and we see this creation, so so that's what the the apostle Paul is laying out there to those who are, are unrighteous. And what happens, and what else he's explaining here, is those who say there's no God, they're holding down that truth. So so you, you talk to anybody that you know a person that that claims to be an atheist, and you say, and and most of them say, well, you, you know, just be be good be good people. It's like okay, well, if there's no God, then why do we? Ha- what's your standard of good? Right. What What's the standard of, of right and wrong? Is it your own standard or like because a lot of people have a low standard, you know, in actuality mm-hmm. of what's what's right and what's wrong or or is it a, a transcendent standard, a, a, a God's standard? Uh, so so it's the unbeliever has no excuse. That's what, what Paul is saying there as well, because he, he's basically saying like everyone knows because they look around and see creation. They they have this revelation. God is revealing Himself through what He has made, that He is there, and people know it. But because we don't want to be accountable, we suppress that truth. We hold it down, kind of like. And I heard this analogy before, kind of like holding down. Like you go into a pool and you bring like a beach ball that's inflated, and you hold it down under the water. What's it going to do? It's going to pop up. So the unbeliever who doesn't who rejects God says, "There's no God, but don't steal my car." There's no God, but don't kill my friends. There's no, so it's like, so which is it? Are you going to, are you going to have a standard like a moral oughts, like morality, or are you going to like live like a, a true atheist? Let's eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. Like, you know, so, so people have even, even the unbeliever, the person that rejects God completely doesn't live like that consistently. I mean, yes, there's there are evil, evil people that don't care about uh, anything, <laughs> but the the baseline people will will uh, have a a morality, and that morality comes from. And this is what I believe. And then I'll let you respond or whatever. Uh, we all have this this knowledge of God. Creation screams it, but we're also the Bible says we're made in his image. So we image God, but that image is marred because of our sin. So um, any, any responses to that or? No, no, I, I, it, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very intriguing and, and, and compelling point. You know, uh, it, it, you can't preach from one side of your mouth that, you know, there is no, there is no moral code. There is no, uh, or, or there is no value to the moral teachings that, you know, God espouses, and then on the other side of your mouth say, "Oh, but by the way, live by all these morals." Mm-hmm. You know, it, it 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 makes no sense. It doesn't add up. So by 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 acknowledging the existence of morality and of righteousness and of um, acting in good faith and 
and, and, and all those things, you're implicitly, if not explicitly, you know, acknowledging the existence of God's morality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 one good point you made. And and secondly, I would just add this, you know, like to all those who say that you know creationism is ridiculous. How 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 could that possibly be, et cetera, et cetera? I would I would flip that on his head and say, well, isn't it just as ridiculous to say that you know these molecules and uh, atoms just sparked out of nowhere and created something out of nothing? There was like this empty void before, and then all of a sudden from the empty void arose something out of nothing. It isn't that just as inherently ridiculous? That, that doesn't that fly against the face of all science? You know, the basic fundamentals of science tell you it tells you that you know any any matter is created by other matter and and you know uh, and any force is sparked by another force so it, it it goes against the basic tenets of science too so who who's to say that that the scientific you know um explanation or approach is any more valid than the creationist approach you know so that's that's why it goes beyond human human abilities and knowledge and all those things i said before mm-hmm. yeah and 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 for me you can't do science. You can't experiment on things in the universe that's came from nothing. That's just, you know, chance times matter because you need certain things to be in existence. So, so you need laws of logic, need laws of, of nature, you need induction. So basic, basic assumptions that, you know, tomorrow is going to be like today. So you can do experiments. Mm-hmm. So you, and, and some of the greatest scientists in history have been Christians because we believe God has revealed himself and he, we can study him in his universe and how, how things are made. But that's, that's, that's a great point you made that, you know, n- nothing comes from nothing, you know, and, and yeah. e- even scientists that try to say that were always say, well, this caused this. So there's always some causality in that. Right. Right. Um, so, so um, what we, we spoke about, you know, right and wrong. What do you think, you know, happens to people when 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 they die for me i'll give you my my viewpoint first is and again this wasn't always what i believed you know i've been a christian for 10 years so so in in a sense i i always knew there was right and wrong and and things like that but i didn't know if i believed in heaven and hell but but i believe you know again we were made in the image of god you know god created man adam and eve they sinned against god um so from that now we all inherit what Adam's sin. So, so we, we, we're all sinners. We're born sinners. So, and we're actually born hating God. So that goes back to the suppression of truth. So that sin against God, because he's holy, deserves punishment, deserves damnation because God is holy and we are not. And he created us to be holy. But again, we sin against him. So that person has no hope. But this is why Jesus came. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, came. So Christian, again, believes Father, Son, Holy Spirit, triune God, three persons, but one God. Uh, we don't have time for me to explain that, but but basically we, we all still kind of know that. Um, so we sin against the Holy God. Jesus comes, takes on flesh. This is what Christmas, right? Takes on flesh lives a perfect, holy, righteous life, the life that I'm supposed to live. Then he dies the death that I deserve on the cross, right? So he's taking my sin. He's taking my sin debt. One of my favorite verses says, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. So he he takes my sin. 
He dies. He's buried. After three days, he rose again. Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, so for me now, since I believe that, now I'm seen as righteous. I, I am not righteous in my own, but I, I'm seen as righteous because I put my faith in Christ. And, and now I have eternity with God forever. Those who don't, they are still judged according to their own sin. But but so in order to be saved, we must by faith alone, through God's grace alone, put trust in Christ alone. Because a holy God can't go without justice. So he there's there must be justice. And his justice was taken on the cross for sinners who trust in Jesus. But those who don't, justice will still be put on them because again there there has to be ultimate justice if god is holy and righteous and good so there's stuff there i, I might have left out but that's what i believe as a christian what the bible teaches and how a person can be made right with god mm. so and that's how we get eternal life in heaven as opposed to eternal damnation so do you have any thoughts in there like what do you believe happens in the afterlife yeah, you know, um, I, I have to say, you know, I, I, I do struggle with, you know, the notion uh, with, with, with the, you know, popular image that, that's been, you know, popularized throughout images and images and media and, and countless movies and TV shows that, you know, if, if you live a good life, then you go to these pearly gates up in the sky and, you know, someone opens the gates for you and there's angels standing at the corner of the gates and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I and everything is like lush meadows and singing birds and everything. I, and, then, and then if you live a sinful life, you go down to these fiery dark pits, you know, where there's fires burning every, everywhere you look, and there's like this, you know, big uh, evil Satan sitting on some like throne somewhere with like mm-hmm. a trident. You know, I, I I just that one does strain 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 credulity with, with, with me personally. I I I don't, I don't know if I if I fully can you know wrap my wrap my brain around that um mm. but at the same time i i have to think i want to think however you want to put it that 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 it's it's more than just we decompose into the earth and you know we get eaten up by worms yeah i i, mm-hmm. I can't think that either i so you know somewhere in that middle ground between those two visions is is is, is where is where i is where i sort of lie and uh mm-hmm. i i would say this you know if, if depending on the type of morality um you have in, in in your in your physical life whether good or bad you know I, I i just have to think that um you know positive or negative you know energies whatever you want to call it you know exude from your uh deceased form and you know either enrich the world in a positive way or they detract from the world in in, in a negative way as, as the case may be you know you're soul if you want to call it i guess your soul you know um succeeds your body your 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 physical body and if 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 you lived a good life then you're a peaceful soul in the afterlife and you add good goodness to the world uh, after your physical form has has decomposed and if you had a negative life full of sin and debauchery then you have a negative soul that uh succeeds your physical body and it 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 harms the world it harms your loved ones it harms people um uh, so I, I think that that's probably more somewhere in that realm is is, is where is where, what my belief is on the afterlife not hmm. you know not not just a pure atheist view of you just decompose and that's it right. not the 
you know, view of the of the heaven and the hell, um, as as they're, as they're popularly shown. But there's something with with energy, something with with your soul. That ha, ha, I have to believe that something like that occurs uh, after, in the afterlife. I, I can't fully articulate it, but right. I, yeah. I, it's, it's something in, in in that in that zone for me. So, how good do you have to be for the positive energy? I don't think I don't think that, that that you have to be like Mother Teresa or Mahatma Gandhi or I, I don't think you have to be like you know the, one of the great great people to ever to ever to walk the earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that you need to live a life of decency. You know, uh, you know, if, if everyone has their you know uh, shortcomings and you know mm-hmm. and and their and their, their slip ups and everything. But there, there, there's a fundamental distinction between a fundamentally good person and just a fundamentally the bad rotten person. So it, as long as on your you know balance moral balance sheet ledger you know there's more good than than bad you know you um you know you you go out of your way to help people um when and where you can you're charitable um you're open minded um you know you uh, volunteer your time your energy towards good causes you don't you know routinely engage in you know um sinful you know ac- activities you know like um drinking drugs you know um chasing people of the opposite gender you know gender for you know for uh, uh fle- you know pleasures of the flesh you know mm-hmm. if if you don't routinely or, or if you don't engage in stuff like that if, if if you live a generally good as most people would would perceive to be good decent life i think that that's that's good you know um humans are by by you know by their very nature uh, not infallible you know we're we're, we're all we're, we're all sinners to, to to some degree but mm-hmm. overall if if you live a good positive life i think that that should be a pretty reasonable standard to have that peaceful soul that peaceful afterlife so it's i'm trying i'm trying to think of the best way to ask this question because this is good i i like talking this stuff right here because i think a most people think about morality, right? So again, you're giving me like standard, and I like your standard. Uh, you know, it should be, but but this is this 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 is the problem is a lot of people live outwardly moral lives, right? So we can see the person that that gives to charities, the person that helps out at the soup kitchen, the person that does this or that. But it goes beyond a morality goes beyond what. I what we see, what we perceive, because uh, I live with myself. <laughs> I'll use myself as an example. Even as a Christian, Christians sin. We sin. We struggle with sin. We hate our sin, but we struggle with it. So I, I know the things I want to do. You know, Paul even writes about this in Romans. The things I want to do, I don't often do. You know, um, you you war against the flesh, but my thoughts, even thoughts, are sin, sinful thoughts. You know, Jesus says that too. He says, if you if you even look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. He says, if you have hatred in your heart, it's a, as if you murdered them. So he's taking he, and at that he's uh, that's the the Sermon on the Mount is very popular, and that's Jesus is taking the law that people already have. You know, don't commit adultery. You know, don't murder. And he's saying he's telling he's telling these people that know the law. He's saying, you guys aren't really, you're missing the point of the law. He's like, yeah, you might not be hourly doing this stuff, but you're, you're still, you're still doing this stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so 
so everybody, you know, has sinned and false. Like you said, everybody sins. Everybody sinned. The Bible says everybody sins falls short of the glory of God because his standard is perfection. And that, that's the standard we need to meet. And we can't. I can't. You can't. But somebody did. Jesus. He he met the standard. He meets the standard. He's the only one that can. He's, he's, he's exceptional in that regard. He's, he's the, the literal definition of exceptional. Yeah, he's 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 a beacon. He's 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 a paragon of virtue and, yeah, and, and infallibility. You know? And and here's the thing, he he didn't do that to sh- give us an example. Yeah, we we should live like Christ, but he did that in our place to be a substitute, to to take to be the only one worthy to be right. slain for us. So and this is the thing. This is what Christianity teaches. It's not anything that I do that earns heaven. So I can't have do this moral, righteous life. You know, yeah, I think, you know, compared to a lot of people, I'm good. But compared to Jesus, I'm not (laughs) at all. Uh, So it's not what I do that gets me to heaven. It's not what a Christian does that gets him to heaven. It's what Jesus has done to get us to heaven because he's perfect and he takes us there. He comes and he gets us and he says, come to me all who are heavy burden and I will give you rest. So we rest in his finished work, but we don't just rest and go ahead and sin as if, you know, Hey, he he paid it for me. I'm going to go out. No, now we want to obey. We want to not, we can't perfectly, but we want to out of gratitude for what he's done. And that's the beautiful thing about Christianity. A lot of, Every other religion says, do this to get this, you know, either come back in a, in a, in a better form or, you know, earn heaven or earn your paradise. Uh, but Jesus says, believe, trust me. And that, that's the beautiful thing about Christianity. And, and that's something that spiritually happens when we're born again by the spirit, Holy spirit, third person of the Trinity to believe that, um, uh, and that's that's Christianity, and we're almost out of time. But go ahead, go ahead. If you have something, no, I was gonna just, just a follow up on that. You know, you, you you mentioned that of course there's a difference between you know just doing the highly visible, outwardly facing things like donating to a charity or volunteering at the local soup kitchen. You know, so pe- people can use that in theory to cover up for a sinful, you know, other side to their to, to their life, or you know, acting in sin behind closed doors, or uh, however you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. And, and and ultimately you can fool other people but you can't fool him you know right is, is that isn't that fair fair to say yeah. exactly yeah. exactly and that that's why we need a standard that isn't that isn't just be a good person like we can't be a good person and that's you know i used to think that i used to think hey i'm a good person i've never you know I never killed anybody. I never, and that's usually what we do. We go to, I'm not Hitler. I'm not, you know, we we compare to other people, but we can't compare ourselves to other people. We have to compare ourselves to God's standard. And we realize we can't meet God's standard. We need help. We need somebody that has, we need a savior. That's what salvation is because we, we can't meet that standard. So we, so we need Christ to do that for us. And then once our hearts are changed to believe, we want to thank God for that and worship him. And, and you know, yes, still try to be a good person, but not to, not to get anything, not to merit salvation. So some religions will mix it. They'll say, yes, you have to believe. Like Roman Catholicism does this. Yes, you have to believe in Christ, 
but you also have to do, you know, this or this or this in order to, you know, get more points or whatever. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. I, I have a better thoughts of, of Roman Catholicism, but, <laughs> but, uh, I'm tired. It's late. And, uh, but that's it. That's, 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 and I, I thank you again for allowing me to, to share this with you and for, for coming on and helping me out. I want to continue this conversation. Of course, I always want to continue talking about the Mets. Uh, but this is good. I want to have this dialogue. Yeah, yeah. and anytime you, you, if you want to, you want to talk about, you know, this kind of thing, mm-hmm. I'm always totally, you know, I have open eyes, open ears, you know, awesome. I'm willing to engage in, in the dialogue anytime, you know, and, and quite frankly, it's, 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 it's more productive and more, more and, and more meaningful mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, more satisfying than talking about a losing baseball team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause we know it's never going to happen. Yeah. So this this, this was great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Shale. And, and the other thing we talk about too is, uh, nineties grunge bands. We, that's the other thing we have in common. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, I, I really, um, when I had a chance to, to renew my uh, license plate, I I really wanted to, um, get a customized plate that said AIC, PJ SG for Allison Chains Pearl Jam Soundgarden, but it was taken. Somebody, what? somebody in New Jersey is driving around with that very place. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I really want to meet that person and shake his hand, his or her hand. Do, do, you, have, do you, you have great taste? Do you, Do you think it's because of those bands, or the, like it's probably some other crazy initials? <laughs> it, it, it could be. It could be the initials of, of their kids. It could be. It could be anything. Um, what are the possibly. odds? What are the odds? But you know, I'll, I'll say this: if if I meet the person and they're wearing, and they have like long hair and like a flannel shirt, then I know it's the bands. <laughs> then I know. Definitely, they have a CD player in the car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With, with the with the CD things on their visor. <laughs> oh yeah, the little flip down thingy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, well, thanks again, Shale. Uh, I'll I'll see you on the in the Facebook Messenger world. Yes, sir. And uh, and uh, yeah, thanks. And once I I post this, I'll send it to you. Uh, I'll probably have this interview on with the other interview in one one episode. But I'm going to send it to my professor, do a little write up of uh of our conversations, and uh, yeah. Thanks, brother. I look forward to listening, and uh, I, I definitely want to subscribe to whatever uh, you know podcast you have out there or YouTube, whatever, whatever you got. You know, in fact, what, what, why don't why don't you do a, like a little shameless plug right now? I'll, I'll write okay. down whatever the name is. Yeah. And... It's uh, what are we even doing here? Podcast. Okay. It's you know I wanted to go with a nice short title. So, <laughs> what are we even doing here? Uh, you can okay. find us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on wh- wherever podcasts can be found. Yep. But we're part of the Christian Podcast Community, so you can go to that website if you need to, christianpodcastcommunity.org, okay. and find that and many other great podcasts there. And uh, Great. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll do, I'll do my usual sign-off. I was going to add all this stuff on uh, beginning and the end, but uh, until next time, I pray you continue to seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Drive safe, baby. Amen. One hundred and one. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I'll edit this out if I've heard the wrong. But what is uh, called now? Yes. What is called now? Uh, 